Well, good evening, and thank you for joining us for what was supposed to be a live stream. <laughs> Didn't happen, but oh well, God is good, right? We just press on, we just keep going, but we're going to talk about Good Friday. Um, this will not be your traditional Good Friday type service where We'll actually be reading the scriptures regarding the story of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Um, but rather, this will be a teaching that will exhort you and me to live our daily lives for the Lord because of what He has done for us. So we're going to look at scriptures, but we're not going to read actually about the crucifixion. Um, if you've already come to the Lord in your life, if you happen to come upon this video, you've already come to the Lord in your life, you've been born again, then this teaching will be a reminder or an exhortation as to how we should be living our lives in accordance with the Word of God. Okay, But if you've not been born again, and you've not repented of your sin, then this teaching is an exhortation for you to come to Jesus. And be set free and receive eternal life. But I encourage you to go to your Bibles sometime this weekend, uh, whenever you're hearing this video, since I'm really not doing a live thing right now. But read the story of the, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ as it is depicted in the Bible. Okay, and what I'm going to do now for the next 20 minutes or so is to read to you and to expound on some of the scriptures from the Bible. Um, ordinarily, when I teach, I make sure that you have your Bibles open and follow along with me. But in an effort to kind of keep this video shorter, you know, they say people's attention span is, is 20 minutes. And always, even when I'm doing a live teaching, somebody falls asleep in about 20 minutes anyway. So, but I want to try and get through this teaching today. So I'm going to read some scriptures uh, if you want, you can go back and watch the video again, uh, or if I get the chance, I'll go ahead and post what scriptures I, I went through on this teaching. But I want you to listen. I want you to take time to hear the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And that's what this is an exhortation to, to come to faith in Jesus and to think about what He, what he has done, what this day represents for, for you and me, okay? So what I hope to do here is to bring you a message using the Scriptures that show you what happened on the day that Jesus died that made it good. What about it is good? I actually had somebody say to me today, you know, what is so good about this day when it was a day of suffering, he said to me. So this was one of my customers on my delivery route. Um, but anyway, we're going to talk about that. Yeah, it was a day of suffering for Jesus, and we need to take that serious, that he did suffer, that he did die for you and me. But what's the good in it? Okay, so without any further ado, as they say, in the New Testament book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 3, the Apostle Paul wrote this, okay? 
He said, For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. So that's the primary message in this verse. What is? That Christ died for our sins. Good Friday. On this day, you, you want to look at it. We're not going to get particular about the exact day and all that stuff. Let's just know that there was a day in time when Christ died for our sins. Okay? In the New Testament book of 1 John chapter 1 and verse 10, it says that if we say that we have not sinned, we make Him a liar and His word is not true. So, again, Christ died for our sins. You and me, we are sinners. Can't deny it. We're we're sinners that needed a Savior. Okay, Stick with me, though, because we got to look at all the Scriptures here. Right? Well, not all of them, but as many as we can in this brief period of time here. 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 18. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, that He might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit. So Jesus was the just one, meaning He was morally pure, sinless. He died for the unjust, you and me, right? He did so that He might bring us to God, the Scripture says. Being or having been put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the Spirit. This is going to pertain to you and me. You'll see as we go along. We need to put to death the flesh, be made spiritually alive. This is what Jesus did for us. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So that verse speaks of a person becoming a new creation. Right? Dead to your old nature, your sinful nature, made alive by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of the Lord. There's a new life in Christ. This is what happens when you truly, wholeheartedly give yourself to Jesus Christ. And that's the key, folks. You have to truly, wholeheartedly give yourself to Jesus Christ. I'll expound on that a little bit more if you listen as we go here, right? The Apostle Paul explained it this way, though, in Galatians 2.20. He said, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You see, what we're really seeing today, what I'm really bringing to you is the gospel message. But again, it's an exhortation to those of you that profess faith in Jesus Christ to live it. And it's an exhortation to those of you that have not given your life to Jesus Christ to do so and to come wholeheartedly to Him. But that verse that I've been crucified with Christ, it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. That verse gives us a picture of a person who no longer lives for themselves. 
That is, they no longer live for their own desires, looking out for their own good, but rather they are dead to their old self, their old way of living, and they are alive in Christ as a new creation, no longer a slave or a servant to sin. So again, Christ died for our sins, the just for the unjust, but we can be made new. We we can die to our old nature and become a new creation all because of what Jesus did for us. And this is all going to tie together. I'm going to show you how you can do this or how we should have done this, right? This is biblically called being born again. And that's a big part of the reason that this day is good. We have the opportunity to become a new creation. Old things pass away. All things become new. That's good. That's good news. Right? In the New Testament, you can read of the time when John the Baptist came. Again, hang here with me because it's all coming to a conclusion here or a point that I'm making here, right? John the Baptist, he came on the scene. What did he do? He first preached repentance. That is, he preached the the turning away from sin and being baptized that you might receive the coming Savior, Jesus Christ, who would be the one to baptize his followers in the Holy Spirit and give to you, give to that person a new life, right? A spiritually abundant life in place of that crucified, dead, sinful life that you turn away from. And all of this is totally an undeserved gift offered to us by God. It is in what is called God's grace. Grace is simply unmerited favor. In other words, you and me, we did not deserve this grace. We did not deserve this opportunity to be saved. Okay, Romans 6 chapter, uh, Romans chapter 6, verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? The scripture says. So do you hear that? You actually die to sin. You repent and you don't continue in willful sin professing you are saved by grace. You see, Galatians 5.16 says, Walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now, of course, the opposite of that would be true as well, wouldn't it? Walk in the flesh, fulfill the lust of the flesh, and you will not be walking in the Spirit, right? So, if you willfully walk in sin, then you are not led by the Spirit of the Lord. If I do that, I'm not led by the Spirit of the Lord. Okay? You see, also in the book of uh, Titus, chapter 2, verses 11 and 12, it says this about the grace of God. Think about this. The grace of God that brings salvation. Remember, God offered salvation. Here it is. Salvation. The grace of God that brings salvation. Titus 2, 11 and 12. Has appeared to all men. The opportunity to be saved is there for everyone. But it says, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
So that's how the repentant person who has been born again and is being, you know, they're walking in the Spirit, right? That's how they're living their lives now. The born-again person, because of their yielding to the work of the Spirit of the Lord within them, they have the power to deny ungodliness. Think of the fruit of the Spirit, right? The fruit of the Spirit gives us that, allows us to do this. Temperance, right? Faithfulness, gentleness, goodness, kindness. This is the evidence of a person walking in the Spirit. They can, by the Spirit, turn away from worldly lust. Live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age. That is in the here and now, the scripture says, right? And they now spend their lives waiting and looking for that blessed hope, the Bible calls us, which is the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. He's coming again. Are we living like it? So again, back to Romans 6, I'll read starting in verse 1 again. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of you as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death? Therefore we were buried with Him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. So you see what we're reading about here, that, that, that's what baptism is symbolic of in the life of a person that has come to Jesus or decides to come to Jesus, right? You're making a statement that the old you, the sin slave you is dying and you're being born again. You're, you're born again of the Holy Spirit and you're raised up to new life in Jesus Christ. Again, picture baptism. And that person has to make that decision, right? Just like Jesus was crucified, dead, and buried, and He rose again to eternal life. That's what that shows us, right? And all of this was made possible. Why? Because of the death of Jesus. It puts the good in Good Friday. We can have eternal life. We can have an abundant life. We can have a Spirit-filled life led by the Spirit of God. Still reading from Romans chapter 6, it goes on, For if we have been united together in the likeness of His death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of His resurrection, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with Him, that the body of sin might be, what? It says, done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Now it goes on. Listen to this. The light, it says they're speaking of Jesus, right? For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life that he lives, he lives to God. Then it goes on. It says, likewise, you also. Likewise, me also. Reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God and Jesus Christ our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body. 
mortal body, meaning this one that you're in right now, this body that I'm in right now. Do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in its lust. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. What's the good in Good Friday? You have the opportunity to be made new in Jesus Christ, to begin again, and to then spend all of eternity with Him. But, Jesus said, you must be born again. You must choose to die to your old nature and be made alive in the Spirit. Romans 12 says that a person that has come to Christ is to present your body a living sacrifice, holy, H-O-L-Y, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. I mean, that's reasonable. Look what He did for us. It's reasonable that we present ourselves entirely to Him. Right? So, are you, am I, sinners that needed a Savior? Of course. Yes, absolutely. All have sinned, Romans 3 says, Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ. Good news. Good day. What a good day that Jesus did that for us. By the grace of God, because of the love of God, because of His unmerited favor, He has bestowed upon us this love and He has sent Jesus to justify us. And Jesus shed His pure, sinless, innocent blood on our behalf. He died for us because He loves us. That is also the good in Good Friday. That's the good, huh? Isn't that good? You see, you got to realize, though, that you need this good. You need what Jesus has done. Still speaking of Jesus, Romans 3.25 says, Whom God set forth as a propitiation by His blood through faith to demonstrate His righteousness, because in His forbearance, God has passed over the sins that were previously committed. That's the good in Good Friday as well, right? God is willing to pass over or forget about the sins you previously committed. Because remember, in Jesus, old things pass away, like I read earlier, and all things become new. But how, again, so for the person that has received Jesus, now we are to be living soberly, righteously, godly, in this present age. For the person that has not come to Jesus, good news. Your previous sins are forgiven. Now you begin again a new life, a Spirit-filled life with the Spirit of God in you where you're yielding in obedience to His Word. So I'm going to read Romans 3.25 again. Go right on into verse 26. Speaking of Jesus, whom God sent forth as a propitiation, right, a substitute, by His blood through faith to demonstrate His righteousness, because in His forbearance God has passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time His righteousness, that He might be just and the justifier 
of the one who has faith in Jesus. So here's the question. Have you come to Jesus today? Have you completely placed your your life in His hands? Have you given your life to Him as a living sacrifice? You see, the Bible is full of stories. That's why we read it. That's why we study it. That's why we, we receive instruction and righteousness from it because it's full of people that have failed, but it's full of people also that have been what the Bible calls a great cloud of witnesses. They've done what's right. They've, they've fixed their eyes on the Lord. They were looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. They weren't looking for the things of this world. Do you see how easy the things of this world can fall apart? Have you noticed that in this day and age we're living? How everything you may trust in can crumble at any time? So have you placed your life in His hands? Hebrews 12, what I'm referring to here, I want to read this to you. Hebrews 12, starting in verse 1. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, listen to this, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. We're supposed to lay it aside and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. In other words, He's our example. Look at Jesus. Look unto Him, right? And keep your eyes fixed on Him. It says, Who for the joy that was set before Him, He endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He's our example. So, does your heart today see the good of this Good Friday? Do you understand what He did and what you need to do? His work is finished as far as it relates to taking care of sin. It's done. It's done. But He wants to complete a good work in you today. He will be faithful to complete it. He begins a good work in you the moment you yield yourself entirely to Him and you become obedient to His Word and you take up the cross, you deny yourself and you follow after Him. This is the Gospel, but it's the good that's in Good Friday because the Gospel is good news. Are you ready to receive that good news? Are you ready to appropriate in your life all that you've heard from these scriptures tonight, right? This Good Friday can be the goodest. I know that's not a word. But it can be the goodest day of your life. Come to Jesus. Today is the day of salvation. If you're watching this video or listening to this audio and you have already come to Jesus, that is, if you already profess faith in Him, then today is a good day to examine your own walk with Him. Are you walking in the Spirit? Or are you fulfilling the lust of the flesh, thinking that it's okay with God somehow? Hey, this is a serious day. The gospel message is a serious message. Jesus, He gave us all. The the song popping in my head. uh, He gave His life, right? It says, He gave His life 
What more can He give? Oh, how He loves you. Oh, how He loves me. Oh, how He loves you and me. So He gave His life. What more can He give? It's not about what He gives. It's about what you have to give now. You have to die to yourself. You have to come unto Jesus. You see, this is Good Friday, as we remember it, right? We remember that is the death of Jesus. But Sunday is coming, right? The day of resurrection is not too far off. And the day of Jesus' return is is not really all that far off. And we all need to be fixing our eyes on Jesus. We all need to be living in accordance with the words that I read to you from Titus chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. I invite you to go look at those scriptures and meditate on them. Because Jesus, again, He is coming. He is coming soon and very soon. And some say, ah, people have been saying that forever, and that's true. But He's not slack, the Scripture scripture speaks to this. He's not slack concerning His promise. I bring this up all the time because I love to preach the gospel. But He's not slack. He's coming. But He's waiting. He's long-suffering. He wants you to come to Him today. And again, if you have, you do profess faith in Him, but you ain't living like His Word teaches us to live soberly, righteously in this present age, denying ungodliness and worldly lust. We need to do it. Okay, the day resurrection is coming, it's just around the corner when we will go to be with Him. And I encourage you and I exhort you to to read all of these scriptures that I've mentioned here tonight, to examine where you are as it relates to what is written in the Bible, the Word of God. You're not here by mistake. You know, like I said, you might have stumbled upon this video, but there ain't no stumbling with how God's leading you. You need to call out to Him. You know, Lamentations 3.25 says, The Lord is good to those who wait for Him. Think about that. The Lord is good to those who wait for Him. To the soul who seeks Him. Are you willing to seek Him? He has nothing but good in store for you. So look, thanks for watching or listening tonight. Again, our live stream didn't go so well. Oh well, here we are. But if you'd like, you can join us this Sunday. Um, and I'll tell you the truth, <laughs> the problems I'm having, I don't know that I'm going to fix them by Sunday. I'm not sure that I'm going to trust going on a live stream, but there will be a message up. Uh, it might not be right away on Sunday, but there will be a message up about the resurrection. So if you've listened to our Palm Sunday and now our Good Friday, I'm going to talk about the resurrection, but I'm going to talk about the, the effects of the resurrection, much like I did here with Good Friday. What's it mean to you, and how should you be living as it relates to the resurrection of Jesus Christ? So we'll do that on Sunday. Again, not promising I'm going to be live, but uh, we'll see what happens. But if you'd like, you can contact us. 
Or if you'd like to hear more of our teachings you know, from this ministry here, you can do so by going to our website, www.aloveoutreach.com. You can also find our teachings on SoundCloud and on iTunes and, of course, here on YouTube um, by searching for A Love Outreach. Subscribe to us if you'd like. Um, contact us. We'd love to hear from you. Anything we can pray for you about. Fix your eyes on Jesus, folks. The time is drawing near, soon and very soon. God bless.